Well, hello, and thank you to our studies. And we've normally been saying the epistles of John, but that changes tonight. I I may say John for the next three weeks. Well, you know me. I I say the wrong thing all the time. So, (laughs) yeah. So I'm going to try to fix on the fact that we're talking about the Apostle Peter here. But Peter, we begin with Peter tonight. And so we are studying first Peter. And we want to say thank you to you for uh, joining us for this study. And if you would like a handout, we're going big time now. We're getting really high tech. If you would like a handout of the studies, we've got some handouts that we can email to you. So just send us a note and we will make sure you get one of the handouts. Now, we can't exactly promise we're going to follow the handout. Uh, Who knows where we'll go with this. We'll just have to wait and see uh, really what comes out of Mark's mouth and what I've got to roll with. Is that the way it works? Well, it's, it's kind of like Gerald said. Where is the spirit? <laughs> we may be moved by a lot of things. So, uh, but first of all, first of all, let's just, if you can pivot, pivot. Doesn't he look good? Last week uh, he was Evander Holyfield. Now he's just a little Frankenstein with all those stitches. How many stitches have you got? Uh, right here? Just a whole bunch. Yeah. Uh, he, he went plastic on it. He went so plastic, he, yeah. a little plastic surgery? Yeah, yes. All right, well, you look good. So, And you get those out when? Next week? Next so? Monday. Next Monday. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. Hopefully you have the Heavenly Library with you. Take down the book of First Peter, and you can follow along with us. And again, if you uh, have your handout, you can use the handout, and we can email one to you, certainly, so that you're ready for future studies. Now, as we have always done with these studies, we're not exactly sure how many lessons we're going to take, uh, but we're going to go through the letter, not so much verse by verse, but really emphasizing the points that are shared by Peter, because I'll have to say, when you get into this, like all the Bible, it's relevant, but boy, just for some reason, First Peter just seems to have extra significance for us today. It should scream to us today. Uh, and you're going to see that when we start getting into it. But uh, he's basically talking about future persecution, uh, distress that they're going to have to be going through. And what have we been going through this past year, year and a half? And and what's facing us in our future as far as, as the church is concerned and how people are going to be viewing us? Uh, it may not be as easy on us in the future mm-hmm. as we as we're speaking what God wants us to speak and believing what God wants us to believe and us us telling people about that, that may not sit well with people. So this is a great book for us to be studying. All right, well, let's just talk about a few of the, you might say, high points in the book, things that we need to know before we get into what Peter wants us to know specifically. Uh, Letter written, late first century, probably not as late, I would say, as the epistles of John, but after the destruction of Jerusalem. You think so? You think so? You think it was on, it couldn't be the epistles of John. No. Peter's gone by then. So That's right. we're, well, we're looking, and Peter, when I say when I say late, I'm talking like 60 AD, getting into that well, time frame. I'm going to take the position, historically, if he died in Rome in 64, 65, 66, um, then this is before the destruction of Jerusalem. Very definitely. Oh, did I say after? Yeah. Oh, see, there you go. I've already said something. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I didn't even get to John or Peter. <laughs> yeah, no, this would be before the destruction yeah, of Jerusalem. This, this, I think these are events this coming This has up. to be. Yeah. And, yeah. and the church is going to be being persecuted. But in addition, 
the Jews are really about to be persecuted as far. And so if some of these brethren were Jewish, uh, they're having a double whammy about to hit them. It's their nation is going to be going down and, and also the church is being uh, persecuted. So he's trying to get them prepared for this. Well, the persecution, though, is different. We're not talking yeah. about a persecution that Jesus endured no. and and James, the, the brother of John, endured no. at the hands of the, of the religious no. leaders and the Jews. This is now shifted to Rome. Nero is going Nero. to have a huge persecution between 64 and 68 on Christians. Yeah. And so this is what Peter is trying to prepare them for. Yeah, so we're about 30, 30 plus years yes. past the crucifixion of Jesus. So we're just getting into that second half later of the first century. And, and 30 and years less than John. Yeah. So he, he's right in between. It's a tumultuous time frame if you really go from A.D. 64 up to possibly the writings of John. Yes. And, and we see what's really happening. Now, here's what's also kind of interesting. If you go back to the Gospels and the ministry of Jesus, this is what everybody wanted Jesus to deal with. Let's talk about Rome. Yes. How do we handle Rome? What are you going to do with Rome? And for the first time, you really find Rome being addressed. Yes. And it's not necessarily the address you would expect. Even in code. Yeah. And so they're, yeah. just, being, they're just being careful even about mentioning the name. Just like over in Revelation, it's code because Rome is so powerful Um our brethren are having to hear about them and what's going to be happening to them without the Romans really understanding what's being said in this literature. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, they are very powerful. Uh, Mark mentioned the code. So what you'll hear uh, Peter talk about is a fire, uh, a fiery trial coming upon you. Yes. And that's his reference to persecution. You see that in chapter four, uh, four verse 12. But then at the very end of the letter, uh, in verse 13, I think his reference there to Babylon yes. is, Rome. is indeed a reference yeah. to Rome. Uh, and and that's the persecution that's coming. So our theme, if you're looking for a theme, here's what I got. Suffering for the cause of Christ. Yes. What do you say? Uh, basically the same, preparing them for the persecution. You're going to be in a stressful situation here in the next few years. How do you handle that with God helping you? That is what they are hearing. And 16 times, pretty much in the letter, he mentions this concept of suffering. Now, I mentioned just a moment ago, we're finally addressing Rome, or Rome's finally getting addressed. Not exactly the address everybody wanted, because Peter, in essence, is going to say, uh, Rome stays. Yes. Uh, the persecution, the suffering, is probably going to stay for a while. Learn to endure it. How do you handle it? And... These first century Christians are being told very quickly over Revelation, I, during that persecution, it was be faithful unto death. Right. I mean, John just goes out and says it. You've got to be faithful unto death. And so your death may come sooner than you would anticipate. But Peter is writing this with the attitude, knowing that he's about to die, very likely. Right. Yeah, And so... Uh, look how he's encouraging people when, in fact, he may be weeks, months, a year away from, from dying himself. Well, and I, I kind of assumed that it wasn't long after the second letter that he did give his life for the cause of Christ. And you see that a theme verse, possibly. 
Um, I like 1 Peter 2, 21-22. For to this you've been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. In other words, learn to suffer like Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Powerful, powerful. Well, let's get into it. We're probably not going to get very far. We gave you that warning. Uh, I still actually have a few more introduction notes I'd like to share. But let's go ahead and begin in chapter 1 and verse 1. Ready to roll? Yes. Peter. Now, that's a little different from John. I stopped this right off the bat. That's right. John never mentions his name. Peter does. Never, ever. Yeah, John never mentioned his name when he was writing his epistles, but Peter does. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. I think we need to stop. There was a lot there. <laughs> we, we, uh, we may not get out of these first few verses here because Peter said a mouthful. And in fact, it's probably all one sentence. But uh, it's, it's an amazing fact that he is talking to. He is addressing brethren here. And then you have who are this, these dispersed. Um, and he picks out Asia Minor, basically. Right. And mm-hmm. this, is, this is present-day Turkey. If you look at these places here, he starts up in the north east with Pontus and begins to take in a, a southern easterly direction till he gets down into Cappadocia then he begins to take more of a westerly direction and then ends back up at Bithynia right next to Pontus right so he is got he's circulating it's a circular pattern he's using here for basically Asia, Asia Minor. He, he's talking about present-day Turkey. Well, and what's interesting, if you when you go through like, well, like Acts, you see that the, the church, while it had its beginning and in infancy in Judea, Jerusalem, yeah. you find that the real strength and growth of Christianity moves beyond those borders and really goes into Asia Minor. You think of Paul's first journey in these areas that he preached, where John would be possibly writing the epistles in Ephesus. We're, we're, we're talking about that region. Yes, you're looking at the southern border um, of Turkey in the Galatia area, right there at the seashore uh, and a few miles above that. And then you follow that shoreline uh, up into Asia, what is mm-hmm. called, and then Ephesus being the most powerful there. Then you move over into Greece. Macedonia and Greece, um, but here uh, he's addressing people now who would be somewhat north and easterly of where Paul was. If you yeah. Re- yeah. remember Paul, Paul wanted to go there. he, he wanted to go to Bithynia and yeah. the Spirit wouldn't no, let him go, let him go there. And mm-hmm. so these have come on later, probably by Paul's preaching in Asia, then these things have spread uh, into these areas. Yeah, Galatia, North yeah. Galatia. Yeah. Okay. The geography is actually the easy part of this. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. When we start talking about right. elected Well, let's, let's just yes. get into it. Yes. Now, I like to take the position anytime you study a letter, just look at it without all the controversies, all the things that man's done to just 
muddy the waters. Yes. And so in a real simple way, can we start there? Peter is writing to those who are favored by the Lord, the elect, who are exiles. He's later going to refer to them as pilgrims and sojourners in chapter 2. And aren't all of we? This world yeah. is not our home. We are just passing through to those who are dispersed. Now, to me, the dispersion would simply speak to something that's happening in that day and age where Christians are being persecuted yes. and therefore having to disperse. We've already... You, you see that in history with Rome, that they are pushed out of Rome. We see that they're moved in certain areas to, to escape. Well, just Acts 2, they were dispersed when the persecution uh, hit in the in the book. So that first church that began in Acts 2 is, is later in chapter 8. Yes. Persecuted, scatter, so there was a dispersion there. To me, this is a dispersion that's coming possibly from the hands of Rome. And so Christians are being caused to scatter, and Peter says, this is for you. Yeah, and I, I think I think these are Gentiles he's primarily yeah. talking to. Uh, hence the region. It, yeah, yeah, hence the regions. I'm sure that there were um, some Jews in this area because mm -hmm. they had been dispersed before by God. Right. And so these would be the remaining Jewish people uh, that were the Assyrian, and, uh, and they were put into these regions, so Hellenistic Jews... But this is primarily Gentiles that he's talking to. Now, you're talking about Peter here yeah. writing to Gentiles. <laughs> I was thinking that exact same thing. Well, when when you look at the yeah. irony here, because... This isn't the same Peter from the book of Galatians no, that Paul had to get on to. That he had to get on to. Yeah. This is a yeah. little later. And this is the Peter that, that, can, that went, was sent to Cornelius. Yeah. And he had to swallow hard there. But now we are, he's writing to Gentiles. And he refers to them as the elect. Yes. Now to me in its simple context, it is just simply a word used to describe favorites. Uh, those who are easily recognized by God that God sees distinct from those who are unbelievers. Yes. Uh, these are my elect. I don't think in any way is God saying, you're in, you're out. These are the ones I chose from the very beginning. You've been I've elected in a Calvinistic way. Quite the contrary. I think it's just simply a term of affection because you're going to see it a little bit later uh, when you get to chapter 2 that you are a royal priesthood. You, you are a, a holy nation, a, a people for God's own possession. He's speaking to believers. You go back to Second Thessalonians, second mm -hmm. chapter, where he's talking about, you've been called through the gospel. Mm -hmm. You've been chosen because you've responded to the gospel. So those terms, we get, we get a little confused when you start seeing this term chosen or elected. Mm -hmm. Chosen, chosen. What is it, how, how did he choose us? Well, he, he chose us generically. He chose us through the gospel. Here's the, here's the gospel. It is being preached. You respond to the gospel. What happens? You've now been chosen. Yeah, and you become God's own people. Yeah, you're, that's, you're, that's, that's the election, yeah. if you will, or the chosen uh, part of it. And, and, and just to, if you've ever had somebody come to you and say, well, this, is, this person was in and God made that choice at the very beginning and then this person was out. Well, well, Peter would contradict himself if that was his position, because when you get to Second Peter chapter three, 
verse 9 he says God doesn't desire for any to perish but wants all men to come to repentance but oh by the way I've only chosen a few of you and the rest of you uh, are going to destruction that doesn't fit that doesn't doesn't fit that particular passage And, and Peter would contradict himself in the same way Paul would be contradicting himself if that was his position with that wording, when you get to his words, uh, he shares with well, Tim, uh, the Timothy in First Timothy when, too. When Calvin, yeah. uh, back in the 1500s, uh, began to promote, uh, I guess it was Augustine really did it in yeah. the four and 500s, but that sort of fell by the wayside, and then he picked this back up in the 1500s. Uh, verse 2 then, if you put 1 and 2 together, according to the foreknowledge of God... The Father. Now, if you just stop there, um, okay, that's saying the chosen were foreknown. Right. You're just putting those two together. So this is a Calvinistic passage here. If you go back over to Ephesians one, if if you stop there, if you stop, stop if you stop there, and if you if you select out those few little words, right, and then try to begin to promote some sort of beliefs uh, system. Well, I've got those words right there. I've got chosen and by the foreknowledge of God. So we have to be careful of that. Look what it says there in the whole thing, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And that, now you've got to work through all of those and things. And then the obedience yes. to Jesus the obedience is a part of it. To the, the sprinkling with His blood. That yeah. you may obey Jesus Christ. If I have been elected, why do I have to obey? Yeah. Yeah, so you put it all together. Yes. If you have your handout, I'm just going to define some words here for you in just their simple def- definition uh, coming from the Greek and the way they're intended by Peter. The elect would be favorites. Yeah. These are the ones. They're, you're different from the rest of the world. You are my favorites. Exiles would simply refer to those who are strangers to this world. This world is not their home. Uh, just like we sing in the song, I'm just passing through. Pilgrims, if you will. Same thing you see in the wonderful uh, people of faith in Hebrews 11. They were looking to a city yes. whose builder and maker was God. Foreknowledge would simply be the idea of forethought. This was the plan. This was my plan from the beginning. This is the foreknowledge of God that there would be salvation through Jesus. And this was part of the plan, that you would be sanctified. That the plan is to take those who have been stained with sin and through Christ they are sanctified, set apart for a higher calling, a higher purpose, those who were ransomed, uh, as we're going to see. And so you see that purification. And then the last thing you, you see is simply obedience. These are those who have chosen to submit and comply to my will. It's really simple terminology, but it's very powerful when you think about it because he's defined those saints in a very powerful way. The term foreknowledge uh, some people translate then predestination. And so there is that term uh, in Ephesians 1 and here then uh, of you were predetermined, you, the chosen. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we have to be very careful with using these terms. We need to use them biblically, right. looking at the whole system of being sprinkled with his blood is it is very unique in the sense of the meaning of that. The Jewish concept would understand that very sure. much so. If you go back to every sin offering in the Old Testament, every one of them, some animal had to be a destroyed. 
A life was given, and then what did they do to every one of those sacrifices? They took a portion of that blood and sprinkled it at the altar. Yeah. And so this is a reference back to that blood being shed as a sacrifice for the sins and that blood being sprinkled. And if, if you look at it, I think these first couple of verses, Peter is giving us a little bit of an insight and here's what's coming up. Because throughout the letter, he's going to reference, hey, you're suffering and persecuted, but God knows who you are. Yes. You are his chosen people. He loves you. He is with you. Uh, here is his plan in Jesus to make you holy. Uh, for you shall be holy, for I am holy. We're going to see a little later. And then, just like you said, that blood. Well, you haven't just been redeemed with silver and gold. No, uh, no, no. He's going to say you've been redeemed with the precious blood yes. of the Lamb. That's actually verse nineteen. Uh, that's that's your sprinkling yes. came through Jesus. Yes, and so look what He has done for you. Yeah. If Jesus had not been sacrificed, none of this other would matter. So uh, it, it, the the important thought here is Jesus Christ. What is he going to mean to you? And we're going to be hearing all of that uh, through these next four chapters, five chapters, is, of what Peter's going to be referring to. So he's writing to people now, if you're following our thought here, to people who are going to suffer and may already be suffering yes. dispersed uh, for the cause of Christ, including Peter himself. But before he even gets into any of the suffering and how to handle it, he reminds brethren of who they are in the eyes of God. So these next seven verses are so important to build up, and we're not going to have time to do no. this today, but these verses 3 now through 7 or 8, uh, just look what God has done. Uh, read those uh, before our next lesson. And so he's building these people up. This is what yeah. God has done for you. And now you need to be prepared for the onslaught. Uh, but look what he's done for you. Well, and may this peace and grace be multiplied. Yes. May that's a good place to pick up yes. next week. How about we pick up right there? I think that's a great may spot. grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's a good elder's blessing. Yes. Maybe I'll just finish with yeah. that part. Anything else you want to say on those first two verses? No. We did not get very far at no. all. Well, Peter, we're, you're going to see that there may be some things that we need to yeah. look into. It's, it's interesting. Peter will say over in... Uh, Second Peter, that Paul has written. You have you have writings of Paul that you have in front of you, and yes, there are some things there that might be a little difficult to understand. You got to dig into it. Well, Peter, you got some things that you got to dig into a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, Peter has his own yes. heavy stuff, and yes. so it's good. And, and with that in mind, can we just share with everybody who's watching, listening, whether you're on the podcast or watching YouTube, if you have any questions or comments that you want to share as we go through this study, let us know. We would love to hear from you. And a reminder again, if you would like one of the handouts, just let us know. We can make sure and email that to you. So, there's our introduction. Yes. Anything else you want to add no, to that? I'm looking forward to the next we got a lot to do. Yes, we do. A lot of good stuff to dig into. And, and I believe, like Mark said at the very beginning, this is going to be extremely relevant to all of us living in this world today. Yes, it is. All right. Well, praise God, brethren. This world is not our home, but while we're here, we're going to learn from the Apostle Peter.
how to live in this world. And just be so comforted by the fact that you have been chosen by God if you have done what he has asked you to do. That should be a very comforting thought. Extremely comforting. And we'll leave you with that. The blessing coming from Peter. May grace and peace be multiplied to you.